Whitfield is proudly brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, bringing you relevant market insights through the Africa Financial Markets Index Report. That's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP. Welcome to The Money Show. I'm Bruce Whitfield. There was a time when everyone had a waterfront. Cape Town had a waterfront. Bloemfontein had a waterfront. I think the Bloemfontein waterfront is probably still going. Um, I think it is. If you're in Bloom, let me know. Uh, 31702 or 31567. Randburg had a waterfront. It did. It's smelly, but it had a waterfront. I once did a foofy slide across that water. Thank goodness I didn't let go. Uh, <laughs> David Green is chief executive of the VNA Waterfront, probably the most valuable piece of real estate in South Africa. Um, certainly the most successful property development in South Africa. Growth Point and the PIC, if memory serves, David Green. They uh, got together, what, 10 years ago now and bought the waterfront from Transnet. Yeah, the, the story goes a, a back a bit further than that. Um, back in 2006, um, Maria Ramos was running Transnet, and they had a large pension deficit, and they came up with the idea of selling the waterfront. Um, so back in 2006, the waterfront was put in the market, and it was sold to um, a London property development company called London and Regional, and Dubai. At that point, Dubai was on a roll and was looking for international investment. So they paid um, 7.6 billion rand, which at that time was a billion US. So it was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest corporate transactions, and it was a, it was a privatization. You then, that was 2006, the world was great. You were buying retail at a 5% yield, and then the economic crisis came 2008. Um, they'd bought it with leveraged debt, and so they, they Dubai had gone down by that time. Most of their investments had gone bad. So they were looking for an exit. Um, and following World Cup in 2010, um, Growth Point and the PIC uh, in early 2011 acquired the waterfront for just over $10 billion at that time, which... Um, it was the biggest property transaction ever in South Africa. Biggest property transaction ever. Um, interesting... You know, it was a privatization, a billion dollars. Um, the people who bought it, even through the economic crisis, managed to get an exit, um, get a successful exit. They actually made money. I think it was one of the few investments mm-hmm. Dubai internationally made money. Um, and I think they kind of proved the, the potential. Um, and that's why Growth Point and the PLC came, came along and paid the $10.7 billion. I mean, there was that really mad Sunday Times story around that time that um, the Transnet sold the ocean bed. I mean, it was the beginning of the end of the Sunday Times as we knew it. That's this great groundbreaking. And then later on came the, the, the rogue unit stories at SARS. I mean, we were warned. But that was a weird story, wasn't it? I mean, I don't remember the detail there, at all. There was, there was certain land reclamation um, rights given, but I think it went into turbocharge. People said there was we were going to reclaim the land to Robben Island and connect the, the waterfront with Robben Island. I mean, it really did go kind of crazy. But it, it, it was a very um, kind of you know legitimate transaction. I think the waterfront being in um, public-private ownership, you've got the PIC two trillion rand investment. They've got, they're going to have to have direct property investment, so they should be invested in you know, one of the most valuable uh, property assets in, in the country. And then Growth Point, the largest listed property company in South Africa. So 
Um, it's been it's been good. I think it's been very good from a national point of view, a national pride point of view. People like the fact the waterfront is owned in national hands, and it, and it's 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 a good example of a public private partnership. Um, How does that work, work practically in mm. terms of you know, board meetings and things like that? You've got a PIC representative, you've got the growth point representatives, you've got independent directors on a board of the VNA waterfront. I mean, just how? Yeah, I th- I, I, look, tricky it, is it? it's of sufficient scale that it's. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a very, very um, dedicated, strong management team. So very much, I'm CEO. I've got a, I've got ten executive managers. Um, and we will report in um, monthly um, to a joint board of PIC and Growth Point. The, the, it's an operating board. It consists of property professionals. So it, it works very slickly. Then there's a governance body on a quarterly basis, uh, PIC and, and Growth Point. But, but um, it, it's, it's kind of under the radar, but it works, it works quite effectively. What is there? I mean, is there a way of estimating the value? Of something like the waterfront now, I mean, it's only you only it's only worth what you can get for it if you put it up for sale. But I mean, if you had to look at the valuation of the VNA waterfront now, what are the numbers saying? Yeah, the num- numbers. I mean, we we, we value we um, we will produce annual results. We'll value uh, the valuation is the last published valuation because Growth Point have half. It's in their in their stats, so it's around. It's probably getting their valuation about eighteen and a half. We're probably getting close to twenty billion now. Um, so it's been a, it's been a nice nice uh, growth <laughs> success story, uh, and it's a mixture. I mean, it's it's also one of the very few successful mixed use developments in terms of once you get into um, the VNA waterfront, there, there's huge shopping, there's movies, there's retail, there is uh, hotels, and there are multiple hotels within that sector. There are lifestyle elements to it, the restaurant sector, but um, museums and galleries and car showrooms, mm. and I mean it's it it is a significantly diverse offices within. In there as well. I think Alan Gray still got offices at the, at the yeah. VNA waterfront. Ned Bank's Western Cape head offices there. Yeah. It's a very significant hub of activity. Yeah, it, it is. In fact, it, it's. I think the difference is it's not a group of individual properties. It is a neighbourhood of, of Cape Town. I mean, it is 300 acres, 180 rugby fields, stretches from the conference centre almost to the, the stadium. Um, and, and within that, you have um, 23,000 people are, are um, working within the waterfront now from you know, 30 years ago when it was, it was derelict. Um, and as you've said, it's got an incredible diverse. Um, funnily enough, the biggest um, property occupier is now, is now commercial office. Um, so since Growth Point and PIC acquired, they've ploughed in probably four and a half billion um, and we've become the premier kind of office node. We we, we have three out of the top um, four chartered accountancy firms. We've got Alan Gray, we've got British BP, we've got British American Tobacco. So that's grown. Retail is, is strong. We've got 15 hotels. Um, 15? 15 hotels, yeah. yeah. Um, private residential. Um, we we started and, and created the, the marina, which is probably the, some of the premier uh, residential accommodation. I think our model now is more to build um, custom build to let. So we've got 250 units where we're trying to um, we're trying to build them with a view to letting to make it accessible for young professionals because I think it works better for us to have younger professionals living and working. We've got people living a funky lifestyle. I mean, they then, then the nightlife is secure. They, they're getting out. They, they're actually living in the waterfront. They're not going into their residences and locking the doors. That's it. And if you look around the world at waterfront, successful waterfront mm-hmm. developments, um, something that can kill and sterilize if you over-privatize it. I think one of the great things about the waterfront is that you know, we have 24 million people. It is private land. Most people... You know, the myth is that the waterfront is the shopping centre. Most people don't realise that it's private land, but it's run as if it is public. 
Um, and it works that way. We want it to be that. We want it as diverse as possible. That's a success. It's actually one of the few stories around the world, you know, with this increasing diversity between rich and poor. Often rich want to build walls and keep people out, whereas the success of the waterfront is actually in, the, in that diversity and the, and the range in there. I mean, whose brainwave was the V&A waterfront? You talk about 30 years ago, the harbour was derelict. And I remember coming on holiday not 30 years ago, but quite you know, not long after that. And it was the early days. I think Ferryman's was mm. the waterfront. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, and it's still going. Um, and, and Ferryman's was the V&A waterfront. I mean, they're, they're I the, think Bertie, the, Bertie's Landing. Bertie's Landing. The number of people I speak to get quite dewy-eyed about, about first dates at Bertie's Landing <laughs> or Ferryman's or, or parties. But the original founders and the people with real vision, uh, David Jack, Brian Cantor and Ari Burkhaft. And it was a lovely combination. So it was an Investec property, was it? I mean, Brian Cantor... Brian Cantor was, brought, was an academic and was brought in. Um, he, he was the um, professor. Brian Cantor was brought oh, in. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, not, yes, the, yes. not the Investec one. No. Um, so it, it was Transnet land, and I, I think between the city and Transnet, they had the idea um, to create a waterfront to connect Cape Tonians with the with the water. It was derelict, uh, and it took amazing vision. When you see the, the photographs of this oil tank farm, smelly fishing activities. Um, and a couple of restaurants. Um, so they were the original founders and, and had this vision. And, and what they crucially did, um, when you look at other waterfronts around the world, they actually they said, look, um, the movement, the activity is, is theatre, so we don't want to kill that. We want the gritty, earthy stuff. Like it, must be a, it must be a living harbour. I mean, there must be stuff exactly. going on. Yes. Exactly. Whereas at that time, if you go like to Darling Harbour in, in Sydney, they were kind of concretizing. Everyone's got to be glass and steel. Let's let's sterilize. And now what you have these are these have lack character and soul. And I think we've we've kind of picked up that legacy of saying, well, let's let's look at these historic buildings, let's repurpose them. I think the Zeitzmoker Museum is a great example of, of, of repurposing a silo building like that. I mean, and that is the yeah. most extraordinarily courageous. I remember seeing you what eight years ago or thereabouts in mm. the early in the embryonic stages of this. I mean, you were looking at these grain silos which have been disused for decades. Yeah. Um, and in most grain silos, I mean, they're hard enough to implode. These are solid. These have got concrete walls that are probably about a meter thick. Um, and there was this vision to create these organ pipes, this cathedral to art, if you like. And when you walk into the Zeitzmacher, if you've not been to it, there's this incredible interplay of concrete and steel and light and glass and mm. phenomenal artwork as you go into this thing. And it's like walking into the organ pipes of a cathedral organ. Yeah, the, 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 sort of the master planning for that area. I mean, it, it was derelict for over 20 years. Um, it was a kind of, uh, a sort of used car park. It was inhabited by by people wire stripping and there was lots of plans to make it into pretty unimaginative to make it into kind of residential accommodation or, or offices but I, I think we we realized this building had real soul, soul and character it was the tallest man-made building in sub-saharan africa but it was hidden in plain sight and we we just kind of lucked out pre you know cape town uh, was looking forward to being world design capital 2014 so with eyes of the world were going to be on us um, we, we we thought we wanted to make this public something accessible to public, and, and if you look at um, you look at the aquarium is a, is a great model. Mm. Um, Cape Town needed a, a kind of vibrant art museum, so we came up with the idea of an art museum. We researched the world into the top art museums, um, and you need a great architect, uh, you need a collection, you need a curator, and just things all came together. We came across Jochen Zeitz and, and his his collection. Um, I think the board were had had the vision and the courage um, to put something like 500 million into a project that wasn't going to give a return, but realised the importance of art and culture, and something like that. And that 
it was actually designed as the cathedral in the square, and you see it's it's got a it has a sort of height prominence um, as the cathedral, and and then literally Heatherwick came up with this incredible idea. Two things he did: we took a single piece of corn. To, to sort of in deference to what the thing used to do and he blew it to 10 stories high and then carved it out and he, he had this lovely expression he said just take a hot knife through butter and cut this concrete and of course it's 100 year old concrete it's the hardest it can possibly be but the the you know the, the one of the wonderful things about South Africa is that the technical expertise that we have the ability to work with concrete and make these buildings is, is phenomenal and and, and the, you know the, the architect had the vision the builders and, and um, technical team pulled it off we're talking to David Green, who's chief executive of the V&A Waterfront, getting a good deep dive into the history of the place and what it's being used for today. Um, and as you plan your holidays, you may very well be um, traveling down to Cape Town for at least part of your holidays. And it is always a, a hub of activity. We'll talk about that in a bit. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield is proudly brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, bringing you relevant market insights through the Africa Financial Markets Index Report. That's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP. I mean, this idea of taking a working harbour and converting it into a theatre of entertainment and lifestyle and residential and a mixture of huge property and the fact that there are more offices there than any other single category um, is nothing short of extraordinary. I remember David Green in the early days of the residential developments going to look at a show house and mm. saying, oh, it's a million rand. <laughs> oh, imagine being able to have one of these. And mm. I don't know what it's worth now, but it's still there. Um, and, I mean, the, the, the residential side of that development has been nothing short of extraordinary in terms of demand and the people, the prices people are prepared to pay. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, in terms of economic terms, I think they started off at about a 17,000 per square meter, and we've now you know, exceeded 100,000 tops, <laughs> and, and we've had an apartment going for about 120 million. Um, it's, it's, it's quite an incredible, it's an, a sort of oasis in the center of Cape Town. It's, it's secure, but... Um, it's very secure. Uh, I mean, access, it also has that openness. Access is really interesting because part of that security is the access and the lack of access and some of the frustration, particularly in holiday seasons, mm. of getting in and out of the place. Yep, yep. Yet there are multiple access points. The flow does happen. I think you've had a lot of science going into yep. ensuring that the flow does happen and that you've got one-way systems and traffic circles and people, somehow it works. And you've got, what, 14,000 parking places or something we, insane. We, um, and they're often full. I mean, it's a, there is a, a hub and a bustle. There's a hub and a bustle, um, and, and 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 I think there's a vibe. There's an energy. I mean, you take this last weekend. We had the gun run. Uh, we had the boat show. We had the Kaiser Chief soccer, and it just adds to an, an incredible kind of vibe. Yeah, and occasionally we'll have a large event, and it will take a long time to get out of the waterfront. Um, most most. There is a challenge. Cape Town has a challenge with transport. It's a good challenge. People want to live and work in the city centre, um, and 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 we we need to work on how to solve that. Now that is not going to be building more roads. It's going to be modal shift. There's got to be a monorail at some point. I mean, a monorail that connects the Cape Town Airport and bypasses the N2 Highway. I think it is that I think comes into critical, Cape Town. And the critical thing is public transport. And, yeah. and I mean, we you know, in in the ten years I've been here, it's quite a miraculous shift to the my city. But actually, the big thing is rail. I mean, the incredible thing is that the population densities are connected by rail. Most of these, most or many developing cities um, would, would kill to have the lines in place. 
you look at how train, how effectively that, that works. I mean, the huge opportunity, unfortunately, it's going the other way. There's hundreds of thousands of people are finding the rail unsafe and moving into private, uh, private no, I mean, that's cars. But that's a problem to fix rather than... It, it's an opportunity uh, yeah. a problem to fix. And, 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 and you know, my, my, my biggest thing is you've got two cities, financial hubs like Stellenbosch and Cape Town, which have a rail... Why on earth do we not <laughs> why do on earth? Rail? I Absolutely. Think and one of the most pretty rail routes in the world is yeah. um, it hugs the Forsberg coastline. And, I mean, the train windows, the last time I traveled to one of those things were so filthy you couldn't see through them. And, and you didn't want to look out the window just in case somebody took your bag. But, but we're going into tourist season. Yeah. Um, you must have seen a huge drop off after day zero. And after the, the fear that Cape Town would run out of water, Cape Town's water supply is fairly secure for the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Mm. Are you anticipating floods of people? We, we are anticipating a good, a good tourism season. I, I think, um, I mean, one of the wonderful things about Cape Town is just, it, it, you know, it pulls top five in TripAdvisor in, in cities search. It's not a top five city, but it's, it's the New York Times most desired visited place. It's the Telegraph in London. So it really has got an incredible brand. People young and old want to come here. So there's this massive potential. Um, the waterfront, you know, benefits from that a lot. You know, nine and a half people who visit um, Cape Town will come to the waterfront probably on multiple occasions. Um, we took a bit of a dip um, during day zero. I think, you know, day zero was very effective at, at getting us to reduce our, our consumption. But, um, you know, the message, uh, it was a very attractive kind of apocalypse um, uh, Mad Max to Charlie's Theron message that went out <laughs> to saying, you know, don't come, we're going to run out of water. Very effective. But, but it, we took a note. At worst, probably our tourism was down 15 to 20 percent. And that was on a, a kind of 7 percent growth growth trajectory. So we're, we're, we're bullish about this season, but I think longer term, I think the potential, the potential is huge. We, we have to this city about 1.4 million visitors only. We've got a brand that everybody knows. Unfortunately, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. You know, um, day zero is one. Visas is, 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 is an easy fix where everybody's going in the direction of trusted travelers, online visa applications. We're, we're still asking for um, unabridged birth certificates. Oh, Don't stop me. Uh, Don't stop me on that, please. So, I, but it, but it, and it's real jobs. I mean, there's yeah. 300,000 people employed within the Western Cape in tourism now. Uh, tourism is in a it's in a golden era um it's the fastest growing business in the but world there's never been better air access there's never been more affordability in terms of the mm. ability of people with money to travel and once you get people with money traveling they come to places and they spend time and then they spend money and they and they create and, jobs and yeah. they create massive jobs i mean you know the chinese examples are incredible there's 250 million 250 million chinese who have the uh, sort of economic power to travel. Now, we used to get about 150,000, and it was growing. Um, we, we, we put in the we, visas, we screwed them over. We, we screwed, screwed them over, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now we have 50,000. But pathetic. the potential, I mean, it is not unrealistic to talk about doubling the tourism numbers. Perfectly um, easy. I need to ask you one final question. Where do you go? I mean, there's limited space. There are a few gaps. You can you know, build more things and you know, create more opportunities mm. and all that sort of stuff. But mm. there's a limited space. No, quite the reverse. I mean, uh, we've we've got another 40% to go. What? It's, it's very lowly d- densified. We've been working on connecting the city. But the next the next big thing in the in the waterfront is is the Granger Bay area. The idea of walking from the city centre along the canal onto a boardwalk through the waterfront through Granger Bay into Mooley Point onto Green. Um, Greenpoint Park. It's it's it, the potential is incredible. Yeah. So we got about forty percent more to go. Much more to go after. What a fabulous discussion, David Green, Chief Executive at the V and A Waterfront.